Okay, so fun fact, everyone, this is going to be our second time recording this. <laughs> because the first time we recorded it, we couldn't get the file because I wasn't paying attention to my pro account and it expired. So now Ashley has a pro account. <laughs> Yo, I'm a pro. Just not, just not where it matters. <laughs> We're professionals. <laughs> On Zoom. But yeah. So this week is going to be a really good podcast. It's going to be a really good uh, topic. We're going to start a autoimmune um, series and we're going to start with Hashimoto's. Um, so we'll go into what Hashimoto's is, um, how we implement some of uh, our training programming for our athletes that do have Hashis, um, if they have lived with Hashis or just any experience we do have that we have implemented. Um, but it's going to be a really good topic just because sometimes when you have, when you're coaching people on these autoimmune issues, uh, it can change the way that their progress kind of goes depending on how you mediate stress and things like that. So for sure. So for sure. So yeah, it's going to be like autoimmune, but then I also want to talk about PCOS because I think that's so freaking common, unfortunately, just like with our ladies. So I think that would be good to talk about as well, but I'm excited. Like I'm excited to get back into like the I don't want to say nerdy stuff, but like the, the like heavy science shit that like makes you like amp to like go to space. I want to go on a rocket ship. <laughs> amp to go to space. No, amped I feel like space. Hella amped. Okay. Well, well, first and foremost, like the thyroid um, and Hashimoto's in general. So like, what does your thyroid do? So when we talk about Hashimoto's, um, it is having to do with the thyroid and how it functions. Um, but the thyroid itself is responsible for the metabolism of food, um, extracting vitamins, producing energy, um, production of hormones, growth and development of your nervous system. And then it also indirectly maintains body temperature and the hormones that are going to be involved with the thyroid that you most commonly see are going to be TSH, T4, T3. Um, so those are going to be the main three that you hear about. You hear coaches talk about this all the time. Um, but it's important to understand how each converts, um, and what it does to the body when it does convert or when it does not convert. Um, and so that is going to be the basis of what Hashi's is and kind of getting into what are optimal hormones for the thyroid with TSH, T3, T4. Um, and what are we looking for when we talk about conversion? So, mm -hmm. yeah. So before we kind of talk about like an unhealthy thyroid, we should talk about like what a healthy thyroid is, like what is like a normal production, like how are thyroid hormones even made? And so essentially you can think of like the production of thyroid hormones happening within thyroglobulin, which is like a reservoir for materials used in the production of thyroid hormones. So it's going to contain something called tyrosine. And with the reaction needed to essentially put these hormones together, um, we need a, a substrate called iodide which, you know, in the body, you know, you use like iodide salt, like there's, you know, you need essentially like that important uh, mineral in order to do this. So what happens is, you know, iodide is going to be converted to iodine via oxidation. And there's this enzyme called thyroid peroxidase or TPO, which is, we're going to abbreviate, 
which is going to result in an iodine molecule and a hydrogen peroxide. And that hydrogen peroxide is like a reactive oxygen species. So we need selenium, which is why we talk about eating like things like Brazil nuts, because selenium is important in the production of glutathione. And that's going to help essentially like neutralize this free radical. Um, so this is one of those instances where essentially like hypothyroidism can go wrong and Hashimoto, um, Hashimoto's can go wrong because you're essentially uh, causing all of this like oxygen and species to kind of produce inflammation. And when there's inflammation, your body hops on that shit. Um, but going back to kind of like a healthy thyroid, you know, once we have like these tyrosine molecules and these iodines molecules, you know, they're going to essentially like combine together. They're going to morph together. So you have what was called T1 and T2. And if T1 and T2 bond together, that creates a T3, which is your most biologically active thyroid hormone. If two T2s hook up, well, guess what? That's T4. Your body is going to produce much more T4, which is more of a pro hormone. It's like 300% less active than T3. So, you know, yes, the thyroid can you know, makes some T3, but it's mostly converted into T3 from a T4 molecule and other peripheral tissues in the body. So we're thinking like, you know, liver, kidney, gut as well. So those are all kind of like the, the steps production when it comes to, you know, producing thyroid hormones. And of course there are certain nutrients that are needed as well in order to do that. So we're thinking like, you know, B12, our antioxidants like vitamin C, vitamin E, beta carotene, selenium, you know, manganese is important, iron, zinc, and then again, that tyrosine, which is going to be found from protein in those conversions. Yeah. And so I know that all of this info probably sounds really confusing, um, but what you like in order to apply this to yourself, I would definitely try to really focus on those specific nutrients that could, that are like, we call them like thyroid happy, thyroid friendly. Um, and those are going to be the things that Ashley just mentioned, um, because they play, you know, this key role in production and transportation and some conversion, um, into T3. So yeah, it's, it sounds a little bit confusing and kind of beyond the scope of like the listener right now, but, uh, just focusing on what can create this like happy thyroid is going to be important for you to apply because it's important that you to be for you to be able to apply this into yourself. Um, if you find that you have hashis or uh, autoimmune disorder or you know hypothyroidism or whatever, um, but how to basically understand the differences between hypothyroidism and Hashi's. So it's possible to suffer from hypothyroidism due to nutrient deficiencies, the ones that we just listed in other cases, and also due to an overproduction of antibodies that result um, from pregnancy hormones. So in Hashi's, what you'll find most commonly is like a high or low, like TSH level, um, and then like regular T3, T4 levels, like they're just pretty normal. Um, and so it can be sometimes a little confusing, um, to differentiate between hypothyroidism, hypothyroidism and Hashi's. Um, but with Hashi's, you want to look at specifically the antibodies. Um, so if you have an overproduction of antibodies um, and you can get this in a, in a test, it's a thyroid antibody test. You can get it from life extension. You can get it from various places that take blood draws. Um, and you basically look at those and see, okay, like are my antibodies super high? I mean, if they are usually 
you have some sort of issue autoimmune wise and potentially Hashis. Uh, so it's a little bit different than hypothyroidism because hypothyroidism, you won't see the raise in antibodies, but you will have a differentiation between TSH, T3, T4, um, and it will look off, but your T3, T4 levels might look normal, but your TSH might be pretty high or otherwise. So. Yeah. You might also see like other signs of inflammation. So if like maybe your you know, um, general practitioner, or if you're ordering this like yourself, it might be good to check like inflammation markers like homocysteine and CRP. And you might also see elevated white blood cell counts kind of showing you that you're having like some immune issue that your body's trying to like essentially address and like help save you. Um, obviously like, you know, if you don't have access to blood work, or if you're just unsure, if you even should order blood work in the first place, like what are some symptoms you might feel? And this can be, you know, obviously fairly vague, but it is important to just kind of like bring around awareness. So you might feel tired all the time. You might notice you're losing your hair. Um, you might notice you have like dry skin or, you know, brittle hair and brittle um, nails. You might have some joint pain, muscle cramps. You might have problems regulating your body temperature. So even though it's summertime and it's like, depending on where you are, like 80 to 90 to hundred degrees and maybe humidity. If you live in a swamp, like I do, like you still might feel cold. You still might have a hard time, like regulating your body temperature, even in hot climates. And then you also notice that like your metabolism is slowing down. So even though nothing is changing in terms of like maybe your nutrient intake, you just notice you're still gaining weight on maybe lower than optimal levels of food. So those are just some things to kind of like maybe do a, like a, a self-check to be like, well, all of those things like sound familiar, maybe I should get my bloods drawn. And that might be a conversation that you can have with your doctor or maybe your coach. Or like I said, if you're just kind of on this health journey by yourself, maybe that's something you could do by going to like Brit said, like life extension, a lab course, stuff like that to get some, some bloods drawn. Yeah. I mean, you can also, I would also say, uh, you not only are tired all the time, but it doesn't matter how much sleep you get. And like, you're like super, like, even if you get 12 hours of sleep and it's easy, 12, 15 hours of sleep, you wake up and you're still exhausted. That's a really good sign that you might want to get tested. Um, of course, like it doesn't mean that any of these things like just are exclusive to Hashi's. Um, there could be a variety of issues, but if they sound familiar and this is happening to you um, and you find like weight loss resistance, then that might be something that you want to consider um, because you might need to get tested so that your doctor can either prescribe um, medication and to try and alleviate, or you need to change your lifestyle factor or like what you do lifestyle wise. And it's usually something that is developed from a lot of stress. And, um, you'll usually see it come up in digestive issues as well. Um, I've mostly seen it, uh, prior to my athletes being diagnosed, they have digestive issues that have been there for a very long time. Um, or they noticed an onset after they got sick or they went on a trip and they, uh, had food poisoning and it never stopped. Like they never felt okay afterward, but they already had an autoimmune issue. They just happened to get an infection afterward, or they were more susceptible to it because of their stress levels, because they were living a very stressful lifestyle. Um, and so usually it's a stress thing. Um, it's a lifestyle thing 
sometimes you see a lot of college students that they just don't know why they're so tired all the time, but they have bad habits like staying up all night to study. Um, and that is creating an onset of this condition that is exacerbating what is going on. Because there are genetic factors as well that predispose you. Um, but if you are not taking care of yourself, um, kind of, you know, getting all of those low hanging fruit things all the time, like your sleep, um, saying relatively active stuff like that, these things can exacerbate the condition itself. Um, and then you start feeling like crap because you have put yourself in this position to feel like crap and then it never stops. Um, so a lot of it's going to be stress management, but once you have the condition, sometimes you need to go through hoops and bounds to get it, um, in, get it back into remission. Um, it takes a long time to do that, but it does, you know, help and benefit you in the long run, especially with your progress. If you are trying to lose weight or you're trying to get your physique together, um, there are competitors that do have Hashis. Um, and so their coaches need to understand like how to manipulate T3 and T4, um, depending on the condition and, and how, how severe it is for that person. Um, they do a lot of, and we do a lot of lifestyle intervention during the off season and definitely stress management, not pushing too hard during contest prep only when it's absolutely necessary to do so. Um, so you can have Hashimoto's and be a contest prep competitor. Um, but a lot of times your coach is going to need to understand like how to, what your right personal ratio is for T3 and T4 um, and how well you convert. So it's going to be a lot of blood work, a lot of just miscellaneous things that you would not normally need to do as a competitor. Um, but it is possible to do these things as well. Absolutely. And in the case of autoimmune conditions, it's important, like Brittany said, to recognize that like you can be like, have all of these risk factors, like maybe your genetics are against you. Like, um, you know, maybe, you know, you have an environmental issue, like, you know, iodine intake, infections, hormonal imbalances, maybe you have other autoimmune disorders. Like just because you have like a higher disposition to an autoimmune disorder doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get one. You kind of need that trigger, but like Britt was talking about stress is going to be that trigger, whether it's a nutrient depletion, digestion issues, microbial imbalances, leaky gut. Those are like really big things with most autoimmune, but especially Hashi's, you know, it could be like chronic low grade inflammation. There could be an adrenal issue. There could be, you know, triggers like hormonal birth control, um, infections, intolerances to foods even, but that still kind of goes back to kind of your overall gut health. And then as well as like your environmental toxins, not just talking about like, you know, poor liver detox, although yes, it's really important, but using things like that contains, you know, estrogens, heavy metals, like, you know, fluoride, chlorine, bromide, like these are just some examples that of like environmental toxins that are either in household cleaners or maybe like, you know, receipts that you get from, you know, the grocery store, like things that contain chemicals that aren't the best for us. And our skin is very, very absorbent. It's a very absorb, uh, absorbent organ. And we have to sometimes remember that when it comes to just taking care of our overall health, watching like what household cleaners we use. Are we using gloves? Are we wearing like proper protection? Like I know you might look dorky, like a 1950s housewife with like your rubber gloves, but I mean like shit, like if it helps protect you against harmful chemicals, like I think it's definitely something that would be worth the entertainment. Mm -hmm. And all of this sounds really scary. So I don't want to like scare anyone definitely, but it's, it's when you are predisposed or you already have the condition, um, or you are feeling like you have some sort of thyroid issue that you need to be very careful about this type of stuff. Um, so I don't want it to be like 
you have to like be in plastic all the time. Like, but you know, it's definitely, cause it sounds scary. Um, but how you care for your metabolism is going to be a lot of how you progress. Um, I mean, if we want to like attribute it to competitive lifestyle, it's hard for me not to, because I'm so into that via coaching. Um, but how you care for that is going to is going and how you mediate stress is going to be the marker of how much you progress. Um, and so preventing these conditions like is really important um, because you could be a perfect competitor today uh, with everything's perfect. Your health is perfect. And then five years down the line, because you're not taking care of X, Y, and Z, you develop something. Um, and then you have to, you know, kind of pull back and say, okay, I need to focus on my health. Um, although you should always be focused on your health. So just something to think about there. Um, so let's talk about how we can make this better. So how would you be able to make your condition better um, and kind of move through it? So first, like you want to remove any current irritants to the thyroid. So that would be finding your root cause. Um, and that's not easy for most people. Your root cause could be a bad relationship. Your root cause could be that you have a, you literally have a career that does not allow you to sleep for more than six hours a night. Um, and your body actually needs a lot more than that. Um, so you need to find out what is exactly creating and exacerbating your condition. Um, and this takes time for some people because they truly don't know how to perceive what is stressful and what is not. Um, and it has a lot to do with putting yourself first and a lot to do with your own decisions based on like what you truly want to do in yourself. And so now we're moving into like mindfulness and understanding who we are, but this is the more we understand who we are, the more we know what we need when it comes to our health. Um, and so first you want to find out what the root cause is. Second, like I said earlier, most, if not all of my Hashi's clients that I've ever worked with have some sort of gut issue. Um, and it shows, it shows before the thyroid issue itself, you start seeing that they have really irregular bowel movements or they have diarrhea, um, or they're constipated. And so the first thing we do when we think, when we see that we're like, Oh, okay. Like maybe, maybe we need to switch food sources. Maybe sometimes it doesn't, the mind doesn't even go straight to the thyroid. It goes to fixing that digestive issue. Um, but you, a lot of people miss the whole, um, repair, like repairing of the gut lining. Um, because the reason why you want to repair your gut lining is because if you become your, if your gut becomes leaky due to, due to the condition, you want to make sure that it's less permeable. Um, so you want to make sure that you repair that gut lining and you are taking care of how your body moves, uh, free radicals throughout basically. Um, and so through that, you need to replenish your nutrients. So replenish whatever nutrients you're deficient in. If you are deficient in, um, and you might need to actually focus on them a bit more, even if you are not deficient in them. So if you have like a, a condition like Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism, selenium, for example, it's one, that's one, uh, that is something you might want to focus on. Um, even if you might not be deficient, you might need extra help. Um, in one area or another. So it's important that you replenish any nutrients that you are deficient in, or you just need to focus on in general. Um, replace beneficial bacteria to the gut. Um, that's going to be important, especially as your gut flora changes um, due to stress and 
whatever, whatever stress you might've put it through. So let's say you, you go on a trip and you get something out of the ordinary or you drink the water in a different country. Um, sometimes that changes your gut flora for a very long time because it has to heal. Um, and sometimes because we come back, let's say you come back from your trip and you go back to the same habits that you had before sleep, not sleeping very well, um, not taking care of like just your health in general, you will not be able to bounce back from that. Um, so you, sometimes you need to kind of think, okay, like when did this start and then start backtracking from there. Um, so replace beneficial bacteria, rebalance adrenals, um, and have some lifestyle supports. Like we're saying with your diet, exercise, gut support, um, you might need to do uh, liver support, liver clearance, stuff like that. Make sure, uh, you have healthy methylation. So things like that. And then of course we get to medication if you have to get there. Now we kind of want to add these lifestyle factors and all of that, like prior to like getting, like moving into that medication area. Um, but sometimes you have to, um, to relieve some of these symptoms. Um, so you might be on synthetic T4, which a common one is going to be Synthroid. Um, we have synthetic T3. Um, and then you have combinations based on those ratios, but it depends on the person. Um, and it depends on what ratio they, they need for themselves, depending on how well they convert to T3. So that was a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> all good. No, I mean, it definitely just comes back to boiling down like stress. Like there's a reason for it, like stress, like, you know, thinking of the hormone cortisol, it's going to inhibit the conversion of T4 to T3. So we're talking about like finding your root cause first. Like even if you do all the lifestyle interventions, but you don't find your root cause, you're still going to have symptoms. You're still going to have issues. Like, you know, we didn't really talk much about this, but there is a hormone called reverse T3, RT3. You probably have seen it on like, you know, thyroid posts that may be on Instagram from like a coach or something like essentially you're going to get that extra conversion and you're going to lose out on the biologically active T3. And, you know, cortisol also is going to interfere with, you know, the release of thyroid stimulating hormone. And so not only are you missing out on the proper conversion, you, if you get conversion, it's to a biologically inactive hormone, and then your body's not even receiving signals that you need more TSH to even, you know, upregulate T3 and T4. So it's just one giant mess, which is why we're always like kind of stressing the point, pun kind of intended to find that root cause first. Like it is really important, you know, making sure that you are you know, addressing like your gut, that's more than likely going to be the root cause of most of these things anyway, when it comes to like the gut balance, making sure you have the right microbiota and the right balances, repairing that gut lining as well. Also making sure the digestion's optimal in terms of nutrient absorption. So if you're missing out on, you know, an acidic stomach, just because of, you know, you know, maybe you don't have like great liver output. Maybe you don't have good bioproduction, or maybe your doctor has put you on like, um, you know, PPIs because you have like heartburn and stuff like that. Like you're losing out on the ability to absorb the nutrients, which is why like you want to make sure you're finding that root cause and not just like popping supplements, like popping bottles at the club, because you might not even be absorbing the nutrients in the first place. And at the end of the day, like depending upon like kind of what stage you are finding that maybe you do have Hashimoto's kind of dictates whether or not you might need like lifelong medication or not. Like I know sometimes it can be pretty common, even if you catch it quickly to still be put on maybe like a synthetic T4, just to alleviate a little bit of symptoms to help you feel better 
while you're getting your life in check, when it comes to having a proper, you know, diet, having proper exercise, you know, learning a little bit more about the gut. But once you kind of get all those duckies in a row, you might find that you might not even need to be on T4 anymore. And you might find that you're still able to live a full and healthy life, whether it's just like, you know, a normal lifestyle client, or if you are wanting to take things to the next level and be that competitive athlete that you're still able to, you know, train and live the fullest life that you want to live. And then obviously when it comes to like, you know, contest prep or even just off season, making sure you have a coach that understands like the relationship of T4 and T3 and understanding like how your body converts, you know, those hormones and essentially metabolizes everything. So it's not just like you want to be put on high dosages year round. So you can eat a lot of food. Like it's much more much more in depth than that. So that's why it's really important to make sure that your coach understands like what the fuck they're doing and not just putting you on drugs because, oh, you need to be put on drugs. You know, it's just, it's so much more than that. Yeah. And it's important to understand that like in any condition that you have, not even just Hashi's, um, when you have medication involved, there's always going to be a lifestyle component that you have to do along with it. It's never going to be like, oh, well, it shouldn't be this way, but this is the way that medicine works is that you're put on your medication and that's just, you just kind of put a bandaid on it. We don't want to keep putting band-aids on things. We want to, again, like find the root cause and understand like, okay, your goal, I mean, at least for me, for my athletes, my goal is to get you off your meds. Like if you're on meds, I mean, depending on what can, how far along their condition is really just depends. But if I could potentially get you off medication, that's my goal. Mm -hmm. Um, so that you can live, you can have healthy lifestyle behaviors that you continue to do without putting yourself at risk, um, by also adding in unnecessary things that you don't need to have. So you don't have a dependence on anything other than what you can control in your life. Um, so that is kind of, my goal when it comes to my athletes, when I, when I work with athletes like this is that we want to get you off that. Like we want to make sure that you are just in control of your life. Um, but we also have to understand that it is not a helpless thing once we are diagnosed. And I think that can be, it's very old school mentality. Um, we're diagnosed with something and then we just think, Oh, I guess we got to live with it for the rest of our life. Um, and that's not necessarily the case. So that's what, you know, any coach, I think should be kind of thinking about when they're moving through this with an athlete, if their condition is able to be, I don't want to use the word reverse, but put into remission um, or not. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you guys and your time. We'll be definitely continuing on kind of like our autoimmune series and kind of like troubleshooting, like common cases we find when it comes to either autoimmune or things like PCOS. So definitely stay tuned for that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we will talk to y'all soon and peace. Peace. <laughs>